Welcome back to The Daily Poem. I'm David Kern, and today's Thursday, May 6th, 2021. Today's poem is by Sharon Olds, who is an American poet who was born in 1942. She won the 1984 National Book Critics Circle Award, and in 2013, she won the Pulitzer Prize in Poetry. Today, she teaches creative writing at New York University. The poem that I'm going to read to you today is called The Race, and one of the reasons I wanted to read it is because this is a great poem, but also because it gives me the opportunity to tell you about the book where I found it. That book is called 100 Poems to Break Your Heart. It's by Edward Hirsch, who is the author of How to Read a Poem and Fall in Love with Poetry. Great writer on poetry. It's new. came out just this year. And he talks about this poem. as It's one of the 100 poems, but then he also explains, writes a little brief essay about each of the poems. So it's a really fascinating book. Now, you know, you got to be got to be careful because it's a book about poems that are going to break your heart. So it's not for every moment. Um, but this poem is called The Race, and I want to share it with you. And then I'm going to let Edward Hirsch share a little bit about this poem. And again, nothing original for me. It's full credit to Edward Hirsch and his book, 100 Poems to Break Your Heart. But here is Sharon Old's poem, The Race. When I got to the airport, I rushed up to the desk, bought a ticket. Ten minutes later, they told me the flight was canceled. The doctors had said my father would not live through the night, and the flight was canceled. A young man with a dark brown mustache told me another airline had a non-stop, leaving in seven minutes. See that elevator over there? Well, go down to the first floor. Make a right. You'll see a yellow bus. Get off at the Pan Am terminal. I ran... I, who have no sense of direction, raced exactly where he told me, a fish slipping upstream deftly against the flow of the river. I jumped off that bus with those bags I had thrown everything into in five minutes and ran. The bags wagged me from side to side as if to prove I was under the claims of the material. I ran up to a man with a white flower in his breast, I who always go to the end of the line. I said, help me. He looked at my ticket. He said, make a left and then a right, go up to the moving stairs, and then run. I lumbered up the moving stairs. At the top, I saw the corridor, and then I took a deep breath. I said goodbye to my body, goodbye to comfort. I used my legs and heart as if I would gladly use them up for this, to touch him again in this life. I ran, and the bags banged against me, wheeled and coursed in skewed orbits. I have seen pictures of women running, their belongings tied in scarves, grasped in their fists. I blessed my long legs he gave me, my strong heart I abandoned to its own purpose. I ran to gate 17, and they were just lifting the thick, white lozenge of the door to fit into the socket of the plane. Like the one who was not too rich, I turned sideways and slipped through the needle's eye, and then I walked down the aisle toward my father. The jet was full, and people's hair was shining. They were smiling, and the interior of the plane was filled with a mist of gold endorphin light. I wept as people weep when they enter heaven, in massive relief. We lifted up gently, from one tip of the continent and did not stop until we sat down lightly on the other edge. I walked into his room and watched his chest rise slowly and sink again. All night I watched him breathe. This is from Edward Hirsch's essay on this, a chapter on this poem. Sharon Olds wrote the race in the days or weeks after her father died in the early autumn of 83. He was 70 years old. 
The race has a desperate emotional urgency. The action is so immediate that it takes a moment to register that it takes place in the past tense. It's a flash of memory that unfolds across one long stanza of 56 lines. The plot is deftly established in the first five lines. The father won't make it through the night, the doctors have said, and the daughter needs to get to him before he dies. Flying is the only option, but the flight was canceled. We know what's at stake. Olds has an intuitive feeling for velocity in a poem. Here, her run-on sentences and tense enjambments work perfectly to dramatize the experience. We feel the gap between the emergency of the situation and the utter anonymity of the airport, a neutral public space. The poem moves rapidly, but the speaker takes time to observe everything carefully. For example, she notes that the young man has a dark brown mustache. I'm going to skip ahead now in Hirsch's chapter, just for the sake of time. He goes on, The poem moves fluently between the mundane details of the airport run and statements of the largest emotional import. Now the woman in the poem compares herself to photographs she has seen of other women running, as if in wartime. Now she links herself to her father and claims her separation from him, too. She takes the time to invert one of Jesus' sayings, as she describes the fortunate physical entry into the plane itself. And then skipping ahead again, what follows is an amazing description of the interior of a plane in a gold endorphin light, which brings a fairy tale element to the feeling created by hormones. The endorphins released during a long, hard sprint are projected onto the light itself, completing the analogy. Skipping ahead a little bit further, the poem lifts like the plane itself and concludes with one sentence that tumbles forward. The words gently and lightly suggest the way that a daughter might touch her dying father. There is a feeling of utter calm as the speaker sits back and flies across the country, which she characterizes in just three and a half lines. She leads the flight. She doesn't bother with the arrival of the other airport, the drive across the city. Instead, she cuts ahead and enters the room where her father is still alive. The race has been worth it. She has made it in time. I'm going to read the poem one more time for you. I know the episode's a little bit long, but it seems like it's worth it. So again, here is Sharon Olds' The Race. When I got to the airport, I rushed up to the desk, bought a ticket. Ten minutes later, they told me the flight was canceled. The doctors had said my father would not live through the night, and the flight was canceled. A young man with a dark brown mustache told me another airline had a non-stop leaving in seven minutes. See that elevator over there? Well, go down to the first floor. Make a right. You'll see a yellow bus. Get off at the Pan Am terminal. I ran. I, who have no sense of direction, raced exactly where he told me, a fish slipping upstream deftly against the flow of the river. I jumped off that bus with those bags I had thrown everything into in five minutes and ran. The bags wagged me from side to side as if to prove I was under the claims of the material. I ran up to a man with a white flower in his breast, I who always go to the end of the line. I said, help me. He looked at my ticket. He said, make a left and then a right, go up to the moving stairs and then run. I lumbered up the moving stairs at the top of the corridor and then I took a deep breath. I said, goodbye to my body, goodbye to comfort. I used my legs and heart as if I would gladly use them up for this to touch him again in this life. I ran, and the bags banged against me, wheeled and coursed in skewed orbits. I have seen pictures of women running, their belongings tied in scarves grasped in their fists. I blessed my long legs he gave me, my strong heart I abandoned to its own purpose. I ran to gate 17, and they were just lifting the thick white lozenge of the door to fit into the socket of the plane. Like the one who was not too rich, I turned sideways and slipped through the needle's eye, and then I walked down the aisle toward my father. 
The jet was full and people's hair was shining. They were smiling. The interior of the plane was filled with a mist of gold endorphin light. I wept as people weep when they enter heaven, in massive relief. We lifted up gently from one tip of the continent and did not stop until we sat down lightly on the other edge. I walked into his room and watched his chest rise slowly and sink again. All night I watched him breathe. This has been The Daily Poem, which is brought to you by Goldberry Studios. Post-production is by Logan Green, and I'm David Kern. We'll be back with another poem for you tomorrow.